1: Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, a guy just continually trying to do his best.
0: And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. Uh,
1: and yeah, we uh, we got lazy, maybe, and didn't have a topic and decided we got stuff for recap and we want to talk about our lives, kind of where this whole thing started a long time ago. We haven't checked in for a while, so that's where we're going, I guess.
0: Yeah, and funny enough, we, just, uh, we were over in uh, the little town in northeast where we used to do the meditation group that we started from and we drove back there to the oh. park and that's the first thing i think when i'm back there is i remember that meditation group and us meeting back there and sitting around by the water you know talk i have a lot of good memories at that park with my kids too and right you know but that was one of the memories that popped up in my head talking oh, about it. that's where this kind of spurred from
1: yeah yeah park. that's awesome it was it was cool when it was like gratitude yeah <laughs> gratitude right that's coming up I remember that one time we tried to go up and we took that group up to like the uh, the lighthouse and the flies ate the shit out of us while we tried to meditate. It was awful. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, getting right into some of this recap. Um, a lot of this is YouTube comments, which is cool. We haven't gotten a ton of YouTube comments before. so. On the the Mara episode for the Medication Assisted Recovery Anonymous, Merck commented, of course, our guest for that episode and said, thank all three of you again for having me on. I enjoyed our conversation and appreciate the opportunity you gave us. Stay safe. Um, oh, nice. It Thanks, is nice. Uh, another comment we got on that same video from Christina says, I'm a recovering heroin, meth, cocaine, etc. addict. I've been in recovery since 2007, with one major lapse occurring in 2017 to 2020. During that lapse, I learned about Mara, and it's honestly the most wonderful group-based recovery support that I've experienced before or since. You're valued and supported regardless of your personal place in recovery, drugs to which you are addicted, or what genuinely works for you in terms of harm reduction. No matter how small a change one may make, the resulting reduction in the harm to oneself, one's loved ones, or one's community is considered a definite win. Positive steps are not negated by the fact that you're not 100% abstinence from controlled substances, mind-altering substances, and in some, some groups, the aforementioned as well as certain doctor-prescribed medication, often including psych meds. The small, attainable wins coupled with the flexibility and individual definition of recovery – makes it possible to start rebuilding without viewing any potential stumbling blocks as utter failure. You're never made to feel as if you're wrong for what works for you. I recommend Mara to anyone that I meet who is struggling with addiction.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a lot. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. I mean, I read it and I'm like, everything that's said there is a positive, And yet a lot of it is pointed out in the terms of the negative that you would get elsewhere yeah um so you know it's a it's shots fired i don't Yeah. personally disagree with any of it but at the same time i'm really trying to soften up around like i don't want to fire shots right i just want to keep trying to love people until we can all get to a place where we're all trying to
0: love people more yeah and that's, that's that's it my feeling about most of that now more than ever has been like great you found what works for you i could probably name 10 other people that that wouldn't work for for different various reasons just like the 12-step fellowship of my choice probably wouldn't work for lots of people for different reasons but it doesn't make you know one wrong and these people bad or or anything else it's like hopefully we find a place and we build a community that works Mm -hmm. for us and and is it really beneficial to be in these teams where we got a feel like we're in a competition.
1: Well, I, I think historically, uh at least for that piece of it, like we do tend to buy more in or have more allegiance when we do feel this team kind of feeling behind yeah, it, you true. know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, we're part of this right. team and fuck all them guys, right? right? Like uh so there's I guess maybe some point to that camaraderie, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I actually tend to kind of disagree with what you said a little bit on your theory even though we think the same thing about the way they're going about it like uh I tend to think that a program more like that would probably work better for all of us so I don't think that like their program wouldn't work for certain people that NA or AA has I don't think that necessarily but I still don't think we're going the right direction doing it that way like by by pointing it out in this way like you know what hey I don't disagree with what she's saying about some of our 12-step programs in here, and yet I, I'm just, I'll am just i say it out loud and nicely and compassionately. Like, hey, I, I kind of tend to disagree with the way we do things about, around that, but I don't want to bash it anymore, I guess, yeah. this is where I, hmm. I feel you and, and maybe Jen have helped me get to. Uh, I want to be softer. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Right. I don't, I don't believe it any different. I just, you know, there's no point in going about it that way. It wasn't getting nowhere
0: right being negative
1: yeah okay the next comment is on our our trank dope the xylazine and fentanyl episode um i guess his name is matt it's like bullet for matt's valentine is the the screen name um so it says working in the treatment field this is something he's been noticing more frequently and so glad that it's being discussed and that episode did get quite a few listens um it seemed like it got a lot early on i I don't know that i've noticed that it's continued to like get searched and and noticed or anything like that but i I guess a lot of people wanted information on that
0: yeah and it's coming up a lot in like hospitals and places like that that they're coming across this stuff and it's like the the health ramifications are not what you typically saw with regular heroin Mm. addiction so you know, a lot of medical people are kind of like, what the hell is going on? Right. <laughs> like, this is not what we're used to seeing with this stuff. Right, right. I know I've
1: seen like, I want to say like three or four different occasions where I've seen news articles pop up in my news feed just kind of randomly since we did that episode that were about that. And yeah, like, so- hey, it's new and it's you need to watch out for it and all this stuff. So I was yeah. like, "Ooh, we beat them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So people are looking for it. So we got to. We got a message or it was a post reply. I don't understand. It didn't look like a comment, but it didn't look like a message. I don't even know where that falls into some <laughs> in between gray area. Uh, but it was from this guy, Dave, and <laughs> he said, the only thing you got that could help me is that 10 to 10 beauty. God damn, Have a good one. I have no clue what this is in reference to. I'm just I'm assuming it's about you. <laughs> it's the best assumption I have. Well, uh, yeah. I don't know. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. It's awful kind to of you. <laughs> uh, so we got an suggestion or an answer to our question of what topic would you like to hear more about, which I know you can answer on Spotify. I don't know if you can answer it anywhere else or if it even shows up anywhere else. Look, technology's hard. There's a lot of shit. There's like 8,000 different platforms. Yeah. I can't keep up with none of this. Uh, but the question was, uh, how about a show about sexual or social anorexia? Which I do think could be pretty yeah. fascinating. Um, it's a concept I was never introduced to in you know the twelve-step programs I went to originally, but once branching out into some other areas, they start talking about this idea, and it's it's kind of just a fascinating idea. I feel like people in recovery for for alcohol or narcotics would probably not think it's all that useful for. Like, you couldn't take it, you couldn't say, oh, uh, I'm drug, narcotic anorexic. Like, it it doesn't have a carryover, I guess. Right. So, not that people in in NA or AA might not suffer with sexual anorexia or social anorexia, but, like, there's no, whatever you would call that, like, transferable version of that in NA to be a big topic, I guess. Yeah, but I think that's
0: okay, because I would like to hear about it as far as, I've heard you mention the term and and the way that you've used it, so I have a vague idea of what I think it means and and what it is, but I'm not really overly familiar with it or anything, and I think it could be useful.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. I'd like to. I'd actually like to have somebody on that maybe, maybe somebody who knows a lot about, like, social anorexia, because I've never even necessarily thought about that. Hmm. But, yeah, it would be cool to talk about the concept some more. Just this idea, like... Everything's on a spectrum and, you know, you can be far left and uh, overly sexual all the time with everyone and that's a problem. And yet from that same, I guess, fear base or or place of not enough resources or I'm not enough, the other end of that spectrum is I will never, ever do sexual things anywhere ever with anyone. And it's like either one is coming from that same place and it's more about changing our intent to like a healthy version of. I'll be sexual when it's right for me.
0: Yeah, right. Seems like there uh, could be some really uh, missed opportunities for, like, intimacy and missed right. opportunities for closeness to other people if you take this attitude that you don't want to venture into any sort of intimate touch or, or anything. Yeah. Look.
1: Yeah. And I actually I wonder if it's like a a thing that actually carries out into other areas as well. I'm picturing parenting. And before I was really looking at my parenting or trying to do it better or thinking maybe I'm not doing it well. um, My original take on parenting was to do pretty similar to what my parents did uh, or what I saw. I just assumed that was the right way. And then there were certain parts of it, though, where I was like, oh, this didn't feel good when my parents did this. And all I did was just flip to doing the exact opposite. I didn't actually put any thought into like, well, what, what do I want, and where does a, what's a loving place to come from in this place, you know, in this uh, situation. So it was like, I didn't really, I don't know, uh, same idea, right? I just flipped to the other extreme and didn't necessarily heal anything, and was still coming from kind of a negative place. Huh. Yeah, right. You know, kind of like a parent who has too many rules, and their kid grows up, and and as a parent, they don't have any rules. For their kids and it's like yeah, that's not good either <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: yeah
1: uh merc had another comment for us on our caffeine episode and mm-hmm. he said this has to be the most controversial topic yet <laughs> that's a good one so on our tradition one episode whew, that's a long time ago it was episode 68 we're at like wow. 176 or something now yeah so uh but we did get a comment from kyle i dig this podcast guys uh, and also another comment from Eric, which I don't know if I read last time. So awesome. Thank you guys for the episode. Just happened to stumble across your podcast today and extremely grateful they did. Right. Awesome. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, on our certified peer recovery specialist episode, which I did not think would ever get a comment. It said, how does it work now with medical marijuana available? Does the recovery world accept it, which feels like it belongs more on our marijuana anonymous episode or or something else, but I don't know what do you what do you think, Billy? What would you tell Michelle when she says, "How does it work now with medical marijuana? Does the recovery world accept it?
0: um, the answer to that at the moment is no as far as I understand, I could be completely wrong. I am certainly not the expert in this, but from what i understand at the moment and this can change from organization to organization because there's not a specific rule but from what i've heard in general right now the medical marijuana has been viewed more as like i would say like alcohol like it's not specifically recognized as a recovery pathway because there's not a specific protocol or program for how to use it in A recovery pathway. Mm -hmm. So you can't just say like, yeah, I smoke marijuana and that's my recovery pathway. You know what I mean? Those two don't assimilate. Now you can, you know, have a medical marijuana card and still be a peer, but you would have to have some recovery pathway that's recognized. So whether it was, you know, some 12 step fellowship or a spiritual group or something else, you could have that as your recovery pathway and be someone who uses medical marijuana but that in and of itself can't just be your pathway.
1: Right, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I don't think marijuana is just like fixing people. Like I, <laughs> if it, like a lot of us wouldn't. It, it, well, I know. hate to say
0: this, but that's the way it's presented a lot in a lot of <laughs> social media posts or people right. that I know that use it. uh
1: yeah, I don't, I don't think, that's and I think what's it's happening. detrimental
0: to its benefits. Like, I think it definitely has benefits for people, and I think it's detriment- detrimental when we see the guy that just likes to smoke pot saying how great it is for his mental health, and he's really not doing anything else right, smoking weed, right?
1: So, I mean, I, I imagine it probably is doing something for his mental health, like right. even if nothing else, just pro- providing some relief in that moment. But yeah, I mean, not that. I don't believe marijuana is a quote-unquote gateway drug. I think that is a ridiculous statement, right? But just that idea that so many of us started there or, or got initiated into drugs there, we would have all been fixed if it just fixed us, right? We never would have went nowhere else. So that that doesn't make any sense to me. There's got to yeah. be something else going on.
0: Yeah. Well, to me, it's the idea of, like, if you get an injury that you need, like, some sort of surgery, you you know— hurt your shoulder or bring an elbow or a knee or something like that. Like you can go get pain medication to help with the immediate, you know, suffering, but then you need some sort of physical therapy to get better. It's to me, it sort of falls into that analogy. It's like the marijuana can give you some relief in the moment, but you need a long-term program of healing to get better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and maybe even the marijuana can be, like you're saying an assistant with that healing yeah. but it's not just gonna go in your body and heal you like there needs to be some right. process it's not gonna address happening. your trauma <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hi trauma i'm marijuana how are right. you we need you to go away for now yeah um, i mean if you smoke enough you might forget about your trauma yeah. <laughs> you might hallucinate <laughs> right. that you're having that conversation with your trauma i don't Out-of-body know experience. yeah that would be yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so uh i would say uh you know i I think the question in general as, as a recovery community as a whole probably more don't necessarily support the idea of marijuana, but yeah, like you said, that changes from organization to organization and program to program, like how people feel about it, probably even city to city, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Um, so I don't know. Hopefully we just get more and more accepting of everybody, like in right. whatever they're doing and we can all just examine what is working and what's not working for us individually. Ah, so we got a a message from Sarah, and I think this is a correction if I remember (laughs) correctly when I read it. Hey, Jason, listening to the episode on tolerance today and was interested in your thoughts on the lack of reference to outside help in 12-step fellowships. I thought it might be useful for me to share that ACA does address this in their big book and even offers some help on how to find a good therapist and some questions to ask them. The fourth step lists lots of different areas to focus on, including sexual abuse and PTSD, whereby the reader is strongly urged to stay in contact with their counselor or sponsor, and the New Loving Parent Workbook talks about learning styles, child development stages, and references neuroscience, nervous system functions, and trauma-emotional regulation, but does not go into detail, as that's for us to find the right things for us to explore. So, not to call you out, but hopefully reassure that some of the stuff is working its way into at least one fellowship. I'm amazed at how you find something new to talk about each week and love the spiritual principles topics. Can't wait to hear what comes up. Hope all is good with you, Sarah.
0: Mm. That was awesome. That was somebody trying to criticize in a loving way.
1: (laughs) She was good at it, too, because I definitely walked away from that feeling positive. (laughs) I was like, what a lovely message. Sarah's so kind. Yeah, no. But yeah, so that's actually phenomenal and i'm thrilled to hear that because that sounds like that program at least you know adult children of alcoholics which sarah was our guest on back on like episode and dysfunctional families trying to build and dysfunctional families yes let's keep working on that because it is it's not just rebranding Rebranding. yeah don't don't worry about if your parents drank or not it doesn't matter like if you think you might go there or qualify you yes just go just run like you already do if you're thinking that right it's kind of like the old statement i used to hear in n.a uh what was it like if you're here you belong here right uh most of you know why you're here if you're questioning if you belong here just remember normal people don't come to church basements to question if they belong (laughs) in narcotics anonymous and if you're a family member of somebody who's here and you're just here thinking you're supporting them trust me you belong here too right so like (laughs) uh, yeah if you think you might qualify for adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families you absolutely do um, you can find out more about it. Obviously, that old episode we have, but yeah, that's I, I just love it. I you know Mara has really given me some hope. Uh, ACA has really given me some hope. Just that there is some shifts, and maybe it's maybe it's because they're younger and newer fellowships. It's so much easier for them to not hold on to anything old. They don't have anything old, right? Yeah, they, they don't kinda... have that
0: nostalgia, or right? Anything. Right. Yeah.
1: So I, it's neat. Uh, I don't know, man. That's seems a lot uh, more. On the path, I guess for me. I like Yeah. That. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um What is this one on? Oh, this one was on Marijuana Anonymous. Uh, it was Merck again. Merck, you are a lurking little fellow on our YouTube, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, he said another great podcast. Thank you for trying to cover all the recovery options. I thought that was kind, especially since, you know, marijuana anonymous doesn't necessarily Line up with Mara's views in any kind of way. uh. They were kind of strict. They were abstinence based. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another one on Marijuana Anonymous. Kate the Great. What a great conversation about a great topic. Well, thank you, Kate the Great. Stuff for us. We've had 60,000 lifetime listens, Billy.
0: Wow.
1: I know. That's amazing. I, it is amazing. It's just a ton. I can't believe. I, <laughs> <laughs> I that's incredible. Um, There's a new... like. So our whole recording thing, the background stuff, I know people don't necessarily care about this, but Anchor was who we recorded with and we had an ad for them like, yeah. hey, you can make free podcasts with Anchor. Uh, they just changed their rebranding. their Spotify for for podcasters now which fucked me all up this week when oh. i went on there and it was all different and i was like what the hell is this um so that's a thing and we got to re-record the, the ad for that mm. yeah i don't know kind of bummer but apparently I
0: spotify owns them then
1: or? yeah spotify bought them like a, gotcha. a year and a half two years ago and okay. it's been making all kind of changes and um you can follow us on Spotify now. I didn't even know apparently you have been able to for a long time. We've got Yeah, that's I do. Oh, okay. We've got so quite a I few. I listen to followers. most of my
0: podcasts through Spotify and you can just follow on there. That's what I do. It brings them up in your like you have a library mm. and that brings them up in your library. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, and and Spotify has a video version of our podcast, you know. We're I mean we're on YouTube, but
0: Oh, that's cool. I never watch the video versions of any podcast, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. I didn't realize that part.
1: It's on there. If you want to see the style of my eye this week, or uh, if you want to go back to last week's episode and see my crazy mustache,
0: um, see our 10 out of 10 beauty, yeah, <laughs> a 10 out of
1: 10 beauty Billy. Um, Oh, a lot of listeners recently from Australia been wow. getting checked out there or, or one listener that's really, really pumped about <laughs> it. Right, listened us. a lot. Right. Either way. <laughs> Welcome Australia. Um, yeah, we talked about that subscription thing last time. We did a recap episode. Still working on trying to figure that out and make it right. Like, Apparently, there's only one shot to do it uh, when you set it up, and so we don't want to get that wrong for anybody. So still working on that. Um, yeah, ways to support recovery, sort of. Don't turn off this episode. That's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we're talking about ways to support. But, you know, you can you can share it with friends. It doesn't cost anything. You can share it on your social media. You can talk about it in the the parking lots before and after the meeting uh, or in the Zoom chat rooms before and after the meeting like they're not chat rooms god i sound old sometimes yeah. um but yeah you know you can you can do that you can like rate and subscribe i guess still matters somewhere.
0: yeah and i think for me that's probably the biggest thing is is if if you get some benefit out of it please let people that you know know about us you know mention it to friends and things because ultimately You know, I don't think either of us came into this trying to make a career out of it, but that helping people and knowing that, you know, people are listening and getting some benefit out of it is the greatest reward, you know, for doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You guys' feedback is awesome. We love hearing that. We love messages letting us know that, you know, you listened and it made a difference. Love to hear that. Also, if you feel so inclined that you want to support us monetarily, there's one time donations and monthly donations you can set up. Um, right on our website, recoverysortof.com. Thank you for people who have donated. Yes, it's wonderful. You. Uh, Julie and Sarah always are, regularly monthly contributors. Thank you so much. We actually, uh, just found a way to get both of those, a, a recovery sort of shirt to thank them for you merch. Know, can, yeah. We need some merch. <laughs> yeah. We're actually working on, uh, on, on getting a place where you guys will be able to order shirts. So that should be available soon. Um, not that anybody wants shirts, but if they do, <laughs> uh, we also uh, Jenny and Julie, a listener, Jenny who podcasts with us and Julie, one of our listeners, they're going to be running in the Rage Against Addiction 5K on April 1st. Uh, and Jenny said they'll be in recovery sort of gear. So look out for them and their asses running by you. Oh, I'll be April there 1st. running in that, too. So oh, will you? I can
0: put on my sweatshirt. Nice. Well, I don't know if I'm running in a sweatshirt. But <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Damn. I can definitely wear my hat. I think I have a T-shirt. Do you have a T-shirt? I do. Yes, I do have a T-shirt. There you go. Cool. I can run in a T-shirt. It's black, though. Hopefully it won't be too hot that day. (laughs)
1: You can check out our 10 of 10 beauty Billy's asses. (laughs) He runs by you as well. There you go. Oh, so we got a lot of new subscribers on YouTube. Welcome to everybody there. Uh, You can follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't know. Whatever (laughs) else. TikTok somewhere. Reddit. YouTube. If you want to send in topic ideas, uh, we always welcome that. If you wanna write us a theme song, we love you, sure, write it. <laughs> I don't know, what you got going on in your life, Billy?
0: Oh, lots of new stuff for me oh. in the last little while. Um okay. so and I almost brought this up when you were talking about the ACA stuff. So I started sort of branching out into just checking out another recovery pathway to, to expand and as a result of, I think it was as a result of the uh, pandemic, um, listening to different audio books and research for this podcast, I started listening to the ACA. I think they call it the Red Book or the Big Red Book or something <laughs> like that. Anyway, I started listening to that audiobook book um, and found a lot of great information in it. And like most people, I had been a person that said, oh, I, you know, my parents weren't alcoholics. Neither of my parents drank at all i don't really qualify and then in listening to the book that sort of got me to listen to a couple of speakers to seek out information which now i'm realizing why people would use our podcast as that platform because you hear about these programs and you know you're kind of it it's sort of intimidating to just go and show up at some meeting that you don't know anything about so You know, I started to look for speakers or information and I could not find a lot of information on ACA. There seemed to be like one guy that's out there. I guess he's promoting his own shit. I don't know. <laughs> but and it was good. He's, he's definitely good at it. But, you know, it, it gave me the understanding that it's not just for people, you know, that parents were alcoholics. It's mm-hmm. also anyone who grew up in a dysfunctional family. So they're really trying to do a little more. Uh, I'll call it rebranding to be adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, mm-hmm. which I think means pretty much anyone qualifies. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I started going to some meetings and and really getting some benefit out of that program. Um, lately, some other things been going on. I haven't been able to at- attend as much, but I've definitely I picked up one of their. I guess you would call it like a step working guide. Similar, you know, it's a book that they have that goes through their twelve steps, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I've really got a lot of benefit out of digging a little deeper into some of my background, some of my childhood experiences, how they're affecting, currently affecting, you know, my marriage, my relationship with my kids, um, and it's been very eye opening and very uh, encouraging on walking through some uncomfortable feelings recognizing areas that were me reliving past traumas in my current relationships mm. you know and and that's been really interesting um and pretty eye opening it also helped me to see like one of the benefits i think from even going to like my regular 12 step i go to narcotics anonymous i go there pretty regularly one of the things i realized from going to to the other to the ACA fellowship is that going in there even once a week, it's just a reminder. It just refreshes like, Hey, you should be thinking about your feelings. You should be looking at your behaviors when you're interacting with other people. So it's not specifically like I go to a meeting and I hear something of all this value and I take that home and apply it in my life. Sometimes it's just this refresher or this reminder Like, oh, you need to think about these things Mm -hmm. because for me, I'll go through my day and not think deeply at all about my interactions with my children or my emotional interactions with my wife or how, you know, my unwillingness to be in an uncomfortable situation will cause me to like ignore a red flag or an intimate opportunity to communicate with my kids or my wife, you know, or other people in my life as well. Right. But going to those meetings and having that information sort of regularly refreshed keeps it in the front of my mind, right. <laughs> you know, and that was a huge benefit. Hmm. Um, so in the last couple weeks, my schedule's gotten a little crazy for some different reasons that I haven't been able to go and I've recognized that I missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a new thing that's been pretty interesting for me going on.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I know you were talking about um, not being sure. I guess I'll cut this out if it's not okay to say. But you were talking about like thinking about not going to, you know, necessarily a regular NA meeting for a while to make sure you do have time for this ACA. And I, I think that's a, it was a fascinating debate that I could see going on, kind of maybe a little bit internally and also you know between you and some of the people in your life. And I, I guess I don't know. I would say like follow the the enthusiasm, follow the motivation. Right. Like if you have a strong motivation to to seek self-reflection in one place and you have a very like kind of middling feeling or satisfaction level with the other to me that just seems obvious like yeah man chase that like you it's all self-reflection it's all raising awareness it's all personal growth like it doesn't make a difference what the name of the building is
0: yeah and it's it's weird you know you get into a traditional 12-step pathway of your life and it's just a part of you know what I do you know what I do now is go to this regular meeting you know every week, and that's great, but I do have a limit on some time because I do still have kids that are involved in stuff, you know my son's getting ready to start a baseball season Ooh, again, man. and that you know he's my last kid that's still really involved in sports, and I love to be a part of all that um I have some things I've been doing for my personal life that are just enjoyment things, and then I try to fit in my recovery things as well. And so, you know, the debate becomes, do I have enough time to fit in two different 12 step meetings a week, plus two different sets of sponsors, or do I have two different sponsors? And if I only have one sponsor, how's that sponsor going to help me in this other fellowship? You know, it's all these ideas that I'm challenging of information that I've regurgitated myself right that now i recognize is terrible information for people like no how is my sponsor in this one fellowship going to sponsor me through these steps in this other fellowship like that's ridiculous (laughs) it took me so i had a lot of this debate uh
1: at a point in time in, in my life when i started expanding and trying to go to some of these other places seeking help for myself and I remember all these pieces you're talking about, which is why I'm over here like cracking up. I'm like, yes, I remember all this. Um, and it I held me up for nine months in this other fellowship in SAA because I kept saying, I don't want to pick a sponsor that's not also in NA so that he can be the guy who just, he's the one sponsor, right? Oh, okay. He's in both of my programs. He's good. He's, right. he's the one guy. And I was having trouble finding that because there wasn't a ton of NA people there. They were more AA people. And I was like oh god well that'll never work and this that and the other and then like some guy that i respect uh in, in na i was talking to him he had a lot of time and he had done some of the other fellowship and he said his sponsor now was like a a s something something else guy and like didn't really he didn't even really go to any of those programs anymore and he's like it doesn't fucking matter the guy helps me and i'm like I don't know. It was just all those beating my head against the wall with all that thinking for a long time, and then it kind of came to, like, it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Right. Like, we can do it any which way, and it all works if we're seeking trying to be better or trying to be, you know, a better version of us or whatever.
0: Yeah, and for me, at least at the moment, like, I can justify a lot of things in my own head, and they make a lot of sense. Like, I'll say, well, it's not like I'm leaving, you know, my original 12-step pathway. I'm just... I'm going to kind of focus a little more energy over here and i would still be a part of that fellowship at least in my head now realistically what that looks like i don't know but like my wife still goes to meetings we still are involved in different things so we would probably show up at events or or attend anniversaries of friends or occasionally go to some meetings for different reasons so it's not like i'm quitting you know and leaving but at the same time You know, I can see this pushback from people in my support group in that fellowship of like, oh, you know, you can't do that like that's, you know, death (laughs) like that's you're just one step away from, you know, shooting heroin or something. And it's I don't know. It's weird. It it makes it where like currently. I don't talk about it a lot because I don't want to hear a bunch of people's Mm. pushback. Yeah. Right. Or I've already made up my mind what I think I want to do. You know, so
1: we'll see. I pictured like instantly like five different versions just from when I was struggling with this and trying to figure it out. I was like, there's like five immediate versions of how you could work the sponsorship thing. You could get a whole new fucking sponsor in a new program and just work that, and he would probably be able to help you with any other 12-step questions you had. I don't think you work the 12 steps about drugs now anyway, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> right? Uh, you could get a sponsor in that program. N- keep your sponsor in-, in NA and just not be working the steps with him right now, and then whenever you feel like you want to do something with that, you do it, right? You could... Not switch sponsors and just ask your current sponsor if he's comfortable in like going over some of the book, the new sponsorship book. Cause a lot of people are, they're like, sure, why not? Let's talk about it. Right. Like, there's eight billion di- and none of them are wrong. Like, right. you could do it. It's just so crazy when we feel like there's not unlimited options.
0: Right. Like, when we feel there's this,
1: oh, it's this or that, or it's got to be one of these three, or nah, dude, do whatever the fuck you want. It'd be great.
0: Well, and another. I'm going to say a great thing about like the ACA fellowship is that they don't necessarily even specifically call it a sponsor. They also call it like a fellow traveler Mm -hmm. or, you you know, meaning that it can just be someone that you connect with, that you talk to and you get along with. They don't have to have this official title, you know, or this official role as a sponsor. They can just be uh, someone that you connect with, that you get along with, that's going to help you through this process so i i love that too about it is Mm -hmm. that it's not so formal in in some of its approach it does feel very much uh, at least it did to me for a long time
1: while i was in the more traditional you know na meetings regularly it did feel like sponsorship if you were going to equate it to a regular worldly thing it was like mentorship right and i feel like that understanding from ACA gives space that sometimes it can be that mentorship that does look like that, right? But also sometimes it just looks like Two best friends. You know what I mean? Or two good friends. Like, this is what normal people do. They go through a, an argument with their spouse and they call their friend. Right. right?
0: Like, that's right. what the fuck people do when Find they feel like. they trust. That yeah. They, they think will give them good advice. Right. Say, right. So, yeah,
1: that, I mean, a sponsorship relationship can look just like that as well. Like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. or It can have flavors of both at different times and different directions. Like, I don't know. It's just two people helping each other.
0: Yeah. And also now, like, in my experience just in 12 step fellowships in general has been like my sponsors just not just, but is another resource in my recovery. So I can call them and talk to them and, and ask them information and that's going to carry some weight, but it doesn't mean that's the decision I have to make or that that's what I'm going to do or, or that, you know, I also have my spouse who I talk to. I have other friends that are people in recovery that I'm going to talk to. And I'll weigh out all those things of what people say. Yeah,
1: you're not four years old, and sponsor is not <laughs> right, daddy. Right. <laughs> like,
0: that's just not how this works, you know. Right. We're we're
1: just lovingly trying to help each other, not telling each other what to do. Um, that's cool, though, man. That's really awesome. You're exploring that. I'm glad it's feeling so good to you.
0: Yeah, and it's it's helped in some areas. I mean, obviously, as as I've grown into my 12 step process and get along in life, like I realize, man, there's still some things that I'm struggling with that I haven't really dealt with and a lot of it is goes back to that early childhood experiences that are adverse early childhood mm-hmm. experiences and traumas that I suffered as a kid and things that were missing or that I was neglected in my upbringing and those things like carry through to my adult life in a mostly subconscious mm-hmm. kind of way where they're not even things that I recognize that I'm doing and when I do recognize them, I don't even like them about myself. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't like that. You know, if my kids bring up an emotional conversation, I like want to run away from that or avoid it or lecture them into fixing it and then walk away feeling good about myself. (laughs) Right? Like like I want to be emotionally supportive. I want to be there for them. I want to be loving. And it's like, I get so overwhelmed or, you know, we go out into to groups. We went out to a couple of outings this weekend and I get in a, a group of, you know, 50 people or more and I am so overwhelmed with anxiety about how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to do and, you know, what the, the cultural norms are. And I just get so uncomfortable, you know, with that shit. I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, right. You know, like, I don't think normal people do this. <laughs> like, right. And uh, just recognizing some of that and, and realizing like what it comes from and and feeling like there's some healing that can take place to help. And even if I don't heal from that 100 percent, there's a recognition like, oh, that's what this is. Like this is like a, a panic response mm-hmm. or a trauma response. And, and you don't have to be overwhelmed by it. You know, you can just kind of recognize it. Be like, oh, yeah, I know what this is like. Yeah. And it's a little uncomfortable, but I don't have to let it consume me. And then I can go on about, you know, my night.
1: I want to I want to split hairs with the wording there, because you're you're saying the right thing. But the way you said it, just I I want people to make sure they have it like you can be overwhelmed by that nervous system, even when you know it's coming. And even when you are kind of internally watching yourself, not control yourself. So. We can't get total control, but what you're saying, the raising awareness around what it is, is crucial and super beneficial for helping you not react or get taken over or or helping your body not get hijacked by it in the moment. So, it
0: is really useful, absolutely. Yeah, because I still get, like, the the heart rates going and looking all around and, you know, the, like... And, her, and and like my wife will say, like she was like, I can almost see it in your eyes. Like your eyes right. get kind of big and you start to get oh, kind of twitchy. And it's
1: funny. a feeling. If you're tuned in, yeah. you can pick that up off of somebody yeah. just being next to them. You're like, holy fuck. Well, she
0: knows it about me. Like, you know, she can uh-huh. recognize it. So
1: yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. It's uh.
0: Well, I think for a long time, a lot of those things I thought, well, that's just me and that's just who I am. And mm-hmm. that's just whatever. Like, that's just the way it's got to be. And I think delving a little deeper into some of that was like, maybe, but also maybe you can heal from that, or at least, you know, learn some tools, just like with addiction. Like maybe you can learn some tools, learn some things you can do, why you're acting that way, what things you can tell yourself, you know, that are going to help you heal and, and get better from, from those traumas. and think the wording that i heard that helped me most was they call it reparenting. you know Mm -hmm. it's like i try to think when i'm in those situations like all right what would i say to my kid if they were in this situation feeling overwhelmed about this what kind of advice would i want to give my kids and then give that to myself right and it's that's been super helpful so that's awesome
1: yeah good stuff yeah yeah In a similar vein, um, my family, and this has been ongoing probably the whole time we've been doing this podcast or close to it, but we've still been in various versions of family therapy, right? Like sometimes, very rarely anymore do we all show up in a in a session, but it's different formations. Uh, not to get too specific, I don't think it matters a lot, but a lot of it's been couples therapy recently for me and my wife, and then like today we're going later with my daughter for her session because she wants us there because... I don't know. I guess there's some disconnection feeling, but just in general, it's been going on a long time and a lot of work and a lot of, you know, EMDR and IFS and all this stuff. And like really, really feeling lately, like not that we got it figured out or that we're perfect or that we're like any of that. Right. We all still got our struggles, but there's really been a feeling of cohesiveness and togetherness and like all really wanting to be on the same page and connect better. Um, and that's been fucking awesome. Yeah. That just feels really, really good, man. Like, um, finding myself able to, to show up in some ways that that maybe I haven't been able to or show up in some calm ways when I used to be angrier and couldn't, you know, stop that overwhelm from happening like you were (laughs) talking about and just really, really pleased with all that, man. It's, it's
0: been great. Um, and your schedule's gotten a lot busier right now that you're kind of working therapy full time yeah schedule's gotten busier and like
1: it's also this piece of in noticing my schedule getting busier um and noticing all the healing that's taking place in my family and and you know from a, a humble place we had that humility discussion like believing my size role in that is pretty important and then i need to be there more to keep making it happen um so yes as the schedule got busier there was also this realization of like feeling like i i wasn't having enough time at home which you know in the grand scheme of the world but i'd love to cut out his work like right. even though i love helping people i would still want to help people but yeah i want to cut out the work time and have more time at home and still right. have more fun for my other endeavors but what it's taken is uh it's taken cutting back on a lot of the other endeavors to make sure that I am fulfilling this this healing role that I feel like I need to fulfill in my house, which, you know, it, it's a constant adjustment, right? I don't know if we've ever done an episode on balance, but, like, that's one of those, one of the toughest things, man, because as soon as I make the adjustment to go out less and do less and be around my family more, well, like, two months later now, I'm noticing I'm not scheduling any time for me And every time I have a little time that looks like my time, I end up doing something with my kids to do this healing thing that I'm invested in, right? But now I'm starting to get annoyed that I don't have – so now i got to make another adjustment, and i got to get some me time in there, right, to go wander in the woods for a little while by myself or something. Uh,
0: Yeah, and that balance like that, I I reckon – one of my favorite sayings I heard of all time was a guy, you know, talking about balance, and he said we think of balance as being, you know, this like – you find balance and then it just stays there right. and that's not it at all. He said, picture like the, the clown at the circus who's like spinning plates on a stick. And if you look, he's like constantly shifting, you know, yeah. to each different one to keep them all kind of going at the same time. And that's that's what balance is. It's just recognizing which area you need to shift your energy to keep them all going in the right direction. And I always love that. Like I heard <laughs> that early on and I recognize that in my life.
1: I never went to the club much when I was younger, but you know, I'd listen to some club music on the radio and the the whole, like, if you're 35 and older, put your hands up. I feel like you just called out old people. Like nobody (laughs) knows that what the hell clowns spinning plates (laughs) on sticks anymore. Like I remember (laughs) that from the circus. circus. (laughs) Do they? I don't know. I can't even tell you the last time I heard about the circus.
0: probably shut down. I mean, they, they, (laughs) yeah, they took some hits
1: for the (laughs) animal treatment and I don't know. They might still be going, but damn,
0: (laughs) but no, that's good stuff too. I mean, it's, You know, this whole process of recovery for me is constantly like just just wanting my life to get a little bit better. And it's in these such minor increments. I mean, in the beginning of recovery, like it was like, hey, stop doing drugs and get a job and become productive. And like things just felt like they were like shooting up really fast. And now as the years go by, you know, I'm looking for like minor incremental increases in my happiness Mm. and well-being
1: no i totally i totally agree and just by the way any young person who was baffled by the clowns with the sticks and the, the plates i'm sure you could look it up but also send us a better analogy once you figure <laughs> yeah. it out so we can have a modern yeah. one for 2023 right maybe there's something with like tiktok or something y'all know yeah yeah, yeah, some yeah. twitch streamer yeah, yeah. playing three games at once right or right, right. <laughs> somewhere on discord there's an analogy for this so right. help us out um yeah and that's what you know you made me think of that a, a while back um and i think when we were talking about one of the comments about making incremental changes or, or, or the comment itself felt like it was championing people who, you know, were making these incremental changes, maybe while it was poo-pooing on other programs that didn't <laughs> necessarily do that. But the thought occurred to me that I, I, I like that idea, right? And this, the old analogy of like, if you think about being in the center of a circle and making a one degree change, there's 360 degrees there. One degree in the center of the circle is fucking nothing. And yet the further you get out along your journey, the further that path has diverged from the original path, right? And then then maybe along the way in another year, you make another one degree change, right? And you just, it can really, really affect the outcome if you think about it that way. And the longer and further away you get from that choice you made and that change you did make.
0: Yeah. And and on top of that, like the changes that, at least for me in my case, and I think for you in, in your case, what I've seen is these changes, I mean, obviously they benefit me, but they're also benefiting, like, my family, my Mm -hmm. wife, my kids, my relationships with others, the people that I work with. Mm -hmm. Like, so they ripple out into the world, you know, beyond just me. And so hopefully they have an impact on people around me as well. You know, maybe not as traumatic or obvious, but again, like with my kids, they seem a lot healthier than I was at their age. Mm -hmm. A lot of their behaviors or things that they're doing seem uh healthier we have a more open relationship with them although I think I could be better at some of that like you know it's amazing to me when I look at like my teen and adolescent years and the way that I felt and interacted and dealt with my parents and the way that I felt and interacted and dealt with authority and and all that and then I look at my kids and I don't see any of that you know and some of that's recovery i think some of it's a little bit of luck too but you know and and the influences that they've had in their life and it just makes me really like grateful like that because we've had some healthy practices in our life our kids have benefited from that and that doesn't mean they're perfect i mean our kids have gone to therapy over the years we've had some issues with all of them at different (laughs) times you Mm -hmm. know they've all had their issues but as an overall thing like when there's issues going on like they'll talk about them they'll come to us as a source of of you know support in their life um when we do family things or vacation they're not trying to like run from us you know those kind of things and that was the way that i looked at my family like my parents it almost felt like the enemy you know like they didn't right. feel like people that i Trusted to care for my well being, <laughs> they were the authority, right? And, the and they were like, when shit was going down, you know, they weren't the people that I was going to for any kind of advice or input or support, and that's sad. and And part of that was me, you know. I wish I would have, I would have got better information from them than the fucking people I did go to for advice, right. you know. But you know, with our kids, that relationship's a little different, and I attribute that to recovery because my parenting skills going into early parenting were terrible. They were what I knew growing up. And as a result of some recovery stuff, I've gotten better. And over the years I get better. And, you know, we had a conversation not too long ago and, and we're sitting at the dinner table talking about some stuff. And I was, we were recognizing some things that I used to do early on as a parent. And I was like, man, you know, I'm really sorry that I was this sort of, could be overbearing in these ways and i uh, hope that you guys recognize that wasn't you that was me you know we were just having that conversation where i was owning some of my shortcomings recognizing that it wasn't really helpful right you know recognize trying to honor them as as kids you know it was was interesting it was powerful stuff yeah that's
1: awesome and i I think you gave a, a a key lesson or teaching or A good key word, if nothing else, to to parents out there, right? Think about this idea of you being the law. Like, is that who you are in your parent-child relationship? Are you the law? Because I imagine there's quite a few things Billy and I and probably whoever's listening to this would not talk to the law about. (laughs) Like, there's some things in my life I don't want to have conversations with the law about, right? right? Yeah. Like, what are the consequences of your parental role being the law? and and maybe how can that shift, and would you like those consequences better? Uh, good thing to think about. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, life's feeling pretty good in general for me. Uh, family stuff's going well. My, my mom's getting ready to make a big move. Uh, she has lived in the same house since 1978 before I was born. No, I'm sorry, 1977. I'm lying, um, and she's getting ready to sell that house and move up to be closer to me, and I'm like her last really Close relative, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's a shift, right? And and it made me think of the balance thing again. We're gonna have to do an episode on this. But like, part of the reason why I can't just find balance and be there is because life keeps shifting around me, right? right. Maybe uh maybe it's March twenty twenty three and my mom is making this huge life change to a smaller setting, a smaller home, a, a community she's not used to, an area she's not used to. Like our roles are changing in the parent child relationship. I'm Starting to become more of the caretaker in that. Like, that's adjusting. Each of my kids, as they adjust in their life, need different things from me. Like, how the fuck can you just find balance? Yeah, shit changes too much for that. Yeah. And I did
0: start one other new fun thing. I started uh, jujitsu classes at 48 years old. I'm in there. I've never wrestled, done any kind of combat sports, (laughs) Know nothing about it. That's awesome. So I started taking these jujitsu classes and I, probably suck at it you know i go in there and feel like i get beat up a hundred times but i was proud of myself because you know even probably definitely 10 years ago maybe even five years ago like my ego was probably too big to walk into something mm-hmm. and just be brand new knowing little to nothing i mean i knew a little bit about it because i've always like watching you know jujitsu stuff and mma stuff and all that and it's been something that i've talked about wanting to do forever but haven't made the commitment to and so i've kind of made this commitment to going in and doing that and it's been you know humbling but fun and like a new obsession Mm. um a little bit obsessive it made me realize that like all of a sudden that's taken all this priority in my life over really important things (laughs) but uh It's fun, you know. It's it's a new like an any new hobby, and I was joking with my wife. I said, you know, I know a lot of guys, definitely people in recovery that approach new hobbies as like addicts. Like, soon as you get into it, like you got to go out and buy all the stuff and do all the things, and that's what you're doing every weekend. (laughs) And I said, I'm sure this will calm down in a couple of months. It'll find some realistic, you know, level of value in my life. But right now, it's exciting and fun and I've been doing that about a month and a half, I think, two months, something like that. And it's so a awesome. couple of days a week.
1: I'm jealous. Not of the place you go to. You've described yeah. it, and I don't think that's the place for me, but I am jealous you're getting to do some uh some martial arts. I did some with a buddy some years back and it was a blast to to like just do the training and hang out and you know, kinda have that guy bonding time really. Yeah. Uh, that made it really cool. But I, I think you're also touching on something else that we don't talk about in our society, and that's this idea of like I don't know. The old way of thinking I would have had would have been very similar to like, oh, you're approaching it like an addict and you're obsessive and compulsive about it and blah, 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 right? I don't think that anymore. I think what you're talking about is this idea that like we don't recognize adults need for fun in our society. We don't ever talk about like, what kind of fun are you having? Like, what's your, you know, we say, what are your hobbies? Which is a stupid fucking question. But like, when are you having fun? That is a huge need for humans. So like, you could say I'm putting it on top of these more important things, but I would say it's probably an important need that we neglect all the time, and it's not necessarily about this, this you know, the the martial arts you're taking. It's about fun. It's about novelty.
0: It's about feeling, like, alive. Like,
1: I think that's pretty fucking important,
0: man. I don't know. Yeah, and my wife has actually encouraged me in that area, too. She's like, you need to have fun yeah. in your life, you know, that's good for your mental health. The other part for me, the the mental health part that I think is important is, I'm in like learning something completely new and foreign, Mm -hmm. you know, so many times as adults, we get into these like routines of life and I have my job and, you know, we're not really like what I'll say, like learning still. It's like we don't go back to school or whatever. And like, this is a case where like now I'm learning a brand new thing. So I'm trying to take in all this new information and new concepts and new ways of looking at things. Um, It's quite humbling. You know, it mm-hmm. puts me, you know, I've achieved a level of success in my life. And, you know, I walk into a lot of recovery meetings and I got 20 something years clean. And at my job, I'm a supervisor and at my house, I'm the head of the household. So being sort of at the bottom of the pecking order, you know, because when I first walked in for the first month or so, there's been a new guy come in since me. But I was like the lowest guy on the, you know, rung there. I, and that's fine. Like that's starting out like that's where you're supposed to be what i think is there's a certain uh benefit to like healthy stress mm-hmm. and healthy uh uh challenges you know ways to push myself that are going to help me to grow and have uh, resilience you know and, and build up those muscles and you know i think for for me being a person who struggles with like self-esteem stuff i think that's really important no
1: absolutely Uh, uh, something like that engages so many positive pieces right it's even just at the base like most basic i think level of just you're choosing to do something for you because you want it for no other reason right yeah those kind of things like dedicating time to yourself showing up for yourself like it's just so many positives out of doing something like that and maybe that's maybe that's where we end today maybe that's what i we ask people today right Where are you having fun? Look at your life. Are you not? Because maybe you need to reevaluate that. But where are you having fun? And if you feel so inclined, reach out and share where you're having fun with us. I'd love to hear all the different ways people have fun.
0: Yeah, and it's not selfish to do some things for yourself that you want to do. You know, I I fall into that a lot. Like, well, I made the decision to have these kids and have a wife and have this house. Mm. So that's all the responsibilities that come along with that. There's no time for fun. For me i'll get that later and then realizing that's not healthy for me you know i owe it to myself to do things in life that are fun yeah i'm creating an environment around me at all times whether i know it or
1: not right and like how toxic is that environment because i'm like i'm like the dirt right i'm growing these kids in my house which are like the flowers and and, and still my wife right trying to help her heal too like I want to keep providing this positive, nutrient-rich environment. You know, I want to be that kind of soil. And what that takes is me going out and taking care of myself first. So, yeah, I definitely completely agree with what you just said. Please take care of yourself so that that soil can enrich everybody else's life that's in your, your world. All right, so how do you have fun? Go out there, have some, tell us about it, and we'll see you next week. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.